Chapter Three of Peggy's Trial by Mary Knight Potter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Leanne Howlett. Cora May's Trouble. Toward the end of the feast, Peggy noticed that Cora May seemed very silent. Even Ted couldn't make her laugh. Finally, when the rest began to play I Spy, Peggy found her sitting by the playhouse under the trees. She had a most forlorn expression on her face as she sat there digging holes in the ground with a stick. Peggy stood looking at her anxiously. "'Is anything the matter?' she asked. Cora had paid no attention to her except to dig holes faster than ever. "'You know I'm going home tomorrow,' she said. "'And—and and I was thinking what a nice time I'd had here, and how lovely Miss Barton is, and—and—' and, she swallowed bravely. And I wish I was you, Peggy, so I could stay here all the time. Oh, dear! Peggy tried to give the conversation a lighter tone. You wouldn't like it at all to be me. You wouldn't have such lovely curls, and you'd have big feet instead of those little teeny things you dance on just like a butterfly. Cora May smiled as Peggy meant she should, but the corners of her mouth dropped immediately afterward. "'Curls pull like everything getting combed and make me cry,' she objected. "'And your feet aren't big, and you're lots smarter than I am, and, and Dr. Clayton is your father.' "'But you have a father, too,' said Peggy. "'You showed me his picture, and I think he's just elegant-looking.' "'Maybe he is,' answered Cora May unenthusiastically. "'But I haven't seen him since I was a little bit of a girl "'when he left me with grandmother after mother died. "'And now—' "'Her voice dropped, and she looked around apprehensively. "'And now he's coming home with a stepmother. "'And I hate her. I hate her. I know I shall hate her.' "'She burst into tears and buried her golden head in Peggy's lap. "'Peggy didn't know at all what to do.' but sat and rubbed the curls all up and down the wrong way till there wasn't a hair untangled. Peggy had read about wicked stepmothers in fairy tales more than once. Still, she had a doubt as to whether they were always true descriptions. Anyway, it was necessary to comfort Cora May somehow. But perhaps she'll be nice, she suggested timidly. Perhaps she'll be better than a grandmother. Peggy's only grandmother was her father's mother. She was very deaf and very lame, and always very much troubled by any childish pranks. But Cora May looked up indignantly. "'My grandmother is just beautiful,' she said. "'It was she told me they'd take me away from her, and I know stepmother will tell father I am horrid and he won't like me at all.' The big tears rolled down her face in streams. "'Oh, dear!' cried Peggy in deepest distress. "'Is a stepmother so bad?' Then suddenly her face lighted up and she took Cora May's hand and patted it. "'Don't you worry one bit more,' she said with tremendous relief in her tones. "'I'll tell you what to do. "'If your stepmother treats you mean, just you write a letter to father.' He always looks after little girls, and he'll come right up and take you away and give you back to your grandmother. Peggy had heard from more than one grateful patient that Dr. Clayton could do anything. Cora May's aunt, too, whom she had been visiting, 
often said that Dr. Clayton was the only man she would always trust. Cora May was therefore quite sure he could save her from her stepmother if he chose. Now that Peggy promised he should choose, she began to feel that she might go home with less terror. A few minutes after, the doctor himself came out to the orchard. Seeing the traces of tears still on Cora's face, he picked her up and put her on his shoulder. "'Well, Lady Bird,' he said, "'are we in the lovely October weather, or is it cold, rainy November?' Cora May didn't quite understand, but Peggy knew her father's ways. "'Daddy!' She slipped her hand confidingly into his. Daddy was the name with which she always cajoled him. "'If Cora May's ever in great trouble, you'll get her out, won't you?' Dr. Clayton looked at the little special pleader with a twinkle in his eye. "'If Cora May,' he answered, at the same time holding that young lady straight up in the air and shaking his head at her forlorn face, "'If Cora May needs me and there isn't anyone else to help her,' I'll pack my grip for the next train and be there to right her wrongs as fast as steam can take me. There, said Peggy, beaming. Now, Cora, you see, when Daddy says he'll do a thing, the biggest ogre you ever heard of can't stop him. Dr. Clayton laughed. Some people call that obstinacy, Peg. I'm glad you see it's only a proper defiance of ogres. Nurse? said Peggy that night as she was undressing. Our stepmother's always horrid. Nurse was just then having too bad a time with Ted to answer. He had run downstairs in his pajamas and brought up Peggy's big hoop. With this clasp in both hands, he was shouting at the top of his lungs and making flying circus leaps in and out of the nursery and up and down the hall. Twice Nurse had caught him and put him back to bed to no purpose. Each time before she could hide the hoop, he had scrambled out and jerked it away. Dr. Clayton had given strict orders that all whippings were to be left to him. He was not at home, and the nurse was consequently at her wit's end. "'Ted!' she cried angrily as she caught him once more and shook him pretty severely. "'I shall report this to your father, and he won't let you drive with him to Scranton tomorrow.' That sobered Ted a little. "'You're a mean, cross thing,' he grumbled, drawing the bedclothes sulkily over his shoulders. "'You don't think anybody ought to have any fun. I'm just glad you weren't here this afternoon. Miss Barton is a thousand million times nicer than you. She's got some sense.' And he flopped over disgustedly onto the other side. Now Nurse, in some ways, was not very wise— but she had done the best she knew during the six years since Mrs. Clayton's death. It hurt her feelings greatly, therefore, to be so little appreciated by the children she really loved. It was partly because of this feeling that, when Peggy repeated her question, she answered as she did. "'Stepmother's horrid,' she sniffed. "'I guess you'd find out they were if you had one. You wouldn't be able to bamboozle her as you do me now, I tell you.' I never knew one yet that didn't hate her husband's children. Generally, she succeeds in making him hate them, too. I guess you'd wish you had your poor tormented nurse back. Peggy's heart sank as she thought of Cora May. Then her invincible faith in her father's powers returned, and she went to sleep, sure that he would take care of her little friend. 
End of chapter 3